630 Chad presents the Elks This Week. A close-up look at the Elks and the Canadian Football League. Every week, we take you inside the game. From the voice of the Edmonton Elks, 630 Chad. Here's Morley Scott. And good Saturday morning, football fans. It's the final four weekend in the Canadian Football League. The East and West Finals will go tomorrow. Montreal is at Toronto in the East Final. BC at Winnipeg in the late game, which will be the West Final. The two winners, of course, meet in Regina one week from tomorrow in this year's Grey Cup game. More on those two games this weekend and a look back at last weekend's games as well coming up when we check in with Derek Taylor from Winnipeg. That's coming up. First, it's the news of the week. League news to start us off this morning. The CFL announced on Thursday that they're moving the Canadian Football League Combine for the 2023 year to Edmonton. It'll take place at the Commonwealth Stadium Fieldhouse. It will uh, go March 22nd to the 26th. They have supersized the Combine for this year. It will have all the usual events, the medicals, physicals, team interviews, individual drills like the 40 and the bench press, plus the one-on-one activities. But the league says they are adding more on-field activities, things like uh, passing skeleton drills as well. So it should be very entertaining taking place in March at the Commonwealth Fieldhouse. Just one regional Combine will go this year. That will take place at the University of Waterloo to help decide the 100 or so players that will be in Edmonton for the 2023 Canadian Football League Combine. The entire CFL will be in Edmonton March 22nd to the 26th. Elks News of the Week now. Another veteran player has signed a contract extension with the team. Offensive lineman David Foucault comes back on a two-year extension. He's the only player on the offensive line to start all 18 games last year, 17 at guard, and then game 18 at the tackle position. One player released during the week, that was linebacker Trey Watson, who is gone. He was here for 13 games last year, signed with the team in July. He had two stints on the injured list, though. He was only healthy enough to play in three of the 13 games he was with the team for. Uh, He was pretty good in those three games, 11 defensive tackles, uh, but just not healthy enough to play more. The Elks do have some pretty good depth at the linebacker position. With Derek Taylor, the uh, play-by-play voice of the Winnipeg Blue Bombers on our chorus radio station in Winnipeg, CJOB, as we get set for the big game tomorrow, the Bombers and uh, the BC Lions in the Western Final. We're going to talk about that. We're going to talk about the Eastern Final a little bit with Derek. But uh, first off, Derek, give me your impressions on on last week's game, the semifinal games. Uh, I was... They were okay. I was kind of disappointed because both games were kind of out of hand by the time we get to the, you know, the 10 minutes left or so in the fourth quarter. It just didn't seem to have the excitement. I was especially disappointed in in the Calgary Stampeders and the BC Lions because I was really looking forward to that one. You weren't riveted when Bo Levi Mitchell? Like well, that was, that was a great storyline for sure. I'm thinking, wow, yeah. if he can come out and lead them to a win, wow, Calgary's just going to blow up because then they got a real issue to deal with after that, right? But sadly, they put him in too late, I guess, really. Yeah, it's it just wasn't meant to be. But yeah, he came in and started hammering the rock down the field, and they didn't put the, they put that first one in for a touchdown. I think we all would have thought a, a little different about that game going forward. But that's that's BC, right? Like BC is a good team all the way around, especially with Nathan Rourke going. You saw all the receivers uh, getting theirs. Yeah, you, know, you know, monsters like Dominic Rhymes and just Rourke and his connection with guys he probably hasn't played a ton with, like Alexander Hollins and. Well, Keon Hatchery's had he had nine games worth of experience with 
everything was working in, in that one. So uh, that's that's the BC Lions and the potential that they have uh, in that East final. I just couldn't believe Hamilton's defense was so giving in the first half of that game, right? Like I was I was gonna say soft, but that's that's not something you want to put on football players. They just Montreal marched the ball down the field against a team that when you look at player for player, that Hamilton defense is really good. So that Montreal was able to do that and then hold on till the end. I'm not surprised they were able to hold on, but to score that that readily and that easily in the first half was probably the big surprise for me and gives me even more confidence in Montreal going into the East Final. Yeah, Hamilton, they were like they were a hot team going into the playoffs, and I thought they had a chance. And then all of a sudden, they reverted to the team they were in in uh, July and August a little bit, you know, giving away the football on offense, and and they just didn't seem to have it together like they had in the in the previous six to eight weeks. That's probably been my my biggest critique of Dane Evans throughout his time. I've never really kind of been a Dane Evans believer. He's got a very high he's got a very high ceiling. Like he mopped the Winnipeg Blue Bombers in that regular season game in Hamilton, the five touchdowns and just chucking it all over the yard beautifully. But his floor is really low. And we saw his floor in that game, right? Where the pressure is coming. Oh, I got to get rid of this. And he was eventually pulled after 10 pass attempts and a hundred something yards. And they went to Matthew Schiltz because uh, Dane just didn't have it that day. It's not the first time he won't have it that day. And it's not the, uh, probably not the last time he won't have it in a playoff game either, unfortunately. And that opens up a quarterback discussion for Hamilton for this offseason as well. Uh, it's looking like they picked the wrong guy last year, right? So, Well, <laughs> well Masoli's the guy, uh, which, what was it? Masoli got pulled from the East final last year because he was bad and Evans saved the day. Then Evans gets injured and was probably going to get pulled in the Grey Cup and Masoli sort of saved the day. Neither one was, I don't know, whichever one you, you strap your cart to, you may have been disappointed in that one if you're the Ticats. Yeah, for sure. Um, all right. I think the one thing that kind of jumped out at me from the games last weekend, uh, 30,000 in BC, 20,000 in Montreal, both really good crowds. And with the home teams winning those games, for the most part, they went home happy, which was which was kind of nice. Yeah, the, it was neat going to BC. We were in Vancouver twice this year calling Bomber games. And just to see how much they're pushing uh, BC Lions football on folks was exciting to see. Uh, the first game was week number five, and there was a big party outside of the art gallery the day before the game. You're all this, and that color orange, you can see that from miles away, right? Those that color, and you see the advertisements on the Sky Train, and when you get anywhere near BC Play Stadium, you're like, oh, that's oh, well, look at that, that's uh, that's Nathan Rourke's face. Oh my goodness, look at that's Brian Burnham. You know, it's it, it, to see the push that's going on in BC right now under. The new owner, Mar Doman, is is very encouraging, I think, for the rest of the CFL fans. And teams. Yeah, they did a great job around the stadium, especially. They did a terrific yeah. job making – you knew there was a game on. You go to Toronto, you don't know there's a game on sometimes, right? But you went to BC and you knew there was a game on. We had the first week there, so we got the uh, the One Direction uh, concert too. So we had the, like the 35,000 there. It was a great atmosphere, but – when they only had like 16,000 for the next game, you realized how many people just went for the music, right? Which is good, but yeah. they got it back up. They got it back up as the season went along, even though they lost their, their number one draw for, uh, you know, for the second half of the season. So I think they're, they're doing good things in, in BC. So let's hopeful, hopefully they can continue that moving forward uh, next year. I imagine close to a sellout uh, at IG field on uh, tomorrow for the game. As best I know, uh, it's going to be really, really close. Uh, by midweek, they'd sold over 30,000. That was the last time I'd I'd heard. So uh, if you're not selling this game out for the, the back-to-back Grey Cup champions taking on the, the hottest star the CFL has seen in 
how many years or decades has it been since we've had a hotter hotter star than, than Nathan Rourke? And the weather will cooperate. Like the forecast is for for November. It's really nice weather uh, with no you know snow and wind and blizzard conditions, whatever. So uh, it, it's it's going to be very close. I hope it gets there. Oh, that's uh, that's good to hear. So uh, the settings, uh, the setting is going to be good. The crowd's going to be good. What about the football? Uh, the Bombers, th- they came out of the out of the gate obviously fast and hard and played great, uh, but slowed down a little bit after you know they see obviously clinched first place and or knew they were going to finish in first place. And they got some injuries that they had to deal with. Where are they now going into this game? Haven't played for a couple of weeks. What's their health situation like? Yeah, it's it's getting better. Uh, and, and some of the guys, we've been waiting on some of the guys who just won't be back. Uh, Kyrie Wilson, their linebacker, was hurt in, well, gosh, the Toronto game back in week number four. Uh, it, it, there's no there's no thought that he'll be back. So they'll still be Malik Clements, the former Edmonton Elk on the on that weak side. Uh, gosh, they're they're potentially getting some additions back in the defensive backfield. Uh, Demario Houston, who took over as the starter in week number five, he's been out since the Calgary game. I think that was week eight. Like, it's been a long time. But he's on the road back, so that would be a nice little addition and give them some something to think about on that def- that uh, defensive backfield. Jackson Jeffcoat, he played in week uh, week twenty one. No reason to think you know he sat out games in the regular season with a naggy injury, but at playoff time, you got to imagine Jackson is back to torment quarterbacks to his full speed. Michael Couture has been back at center for a couple of days, and then the prospect of Dalton Schoen and Greg Ellingson, who I think finished the, the season one and two in yards per game receiving because Ellingson that was such a hot start when before all his injuries and ended up playing seven games a season uh having Ellingson back having Drew Wolitarski back full-time they're they're going to be as close to full health as they've been all season long which it's it's really been a grind on the injury front for them for the first time in a long time is one of the best stories for the Blue Bombers this year, uh, Brady Oliveira? I mean, uh, he had big shoes to fill coming in, and, and he filled them quite nicely. A little bit of a slow start, but he really took off as the season went along. And, of course, as we always say, it's cold and it's the playoffs and the run game becomes important, and you know BC's got one. Yeah, it's it, it was a really slow start for Oliveira. We, we kept for quite a few weeks wondering, well, are they going to Johnny Augustine, the other running back? But then uh, there was a moment that you probably remember from the, from the, uh, the game against the Elks where Oliveira uh, gets, gets free, gets to the second level, and just drops the hammer on Ed Ganey and just boomed him like you would expect a 215-pound running back who was going for it full speed. And it was kind of that moment where he went, oh, okay, well, that's Brady. Okay. And then the next game, it got better and better, and all of a sudden – what was him being hit behind the line of scrimmage on a consistent basis was now he's into that second level and making things happen. And then he just just squeaks over the thousand yard barrier for the season, which I think is a is a real testament to uh, one to his work to two uh, the way they were able to reverse the problems they had in their run game, offensive line and and scheme and and everything. So it, it was really it was really nice. Oliveira. The one thing a lot of people worry about is there There may never have been a better running back that I've ever seen in blitz pickup than Andrew Harris. So we thought, oh, well, that's going to be a thing that needs to be there because Zach needs uh, needs protection to do his magic. Brady, I, I'm, I'd have to go back and look, but I, I really don't think he's missed more than a handful of, of blitz pickups this season. So that's been a real boon to the Bombers offense as well. 
All right, give me a take on Nathan Rourke. I know you watched him, obviously, very closely, probably not as closely as Richie Hall did, but you watched him fairly <laughs> closely. Uh, my take is the arm works great. The eyes work pretty good. I'm not so sure about the foot, though. I mean, he only ran once for five yards. He he got sacked a few times. He had some trouble, I think, getting out of trouble in the football game, and he's probably going to get in more trouble against uh, the Blue Bombers than he did last week against Calgary. Yeah, uh, let's start with the arm. It's just ridiculous. Like he, I, I said, I can't believe he threw a ball into a dollhouse window. Like it wasn't even a regular window in between two linebackers. It was the it was the size of a dollhouse. And then what was really, yeah, what really stood out in that West semi for me was uh, like Dominic Rhymes is a huge receiver, like six foot four and a monster. But guys like Alexander Hollins and Keon Hatcher aren't that same way. But where Rourke would put the ball, it made it seem like they were six foot four. So here's here's Natrell Jamerson trying to defend Hatcher. Uh, Rourke puts it up and inside, and then you know Hatcher just goes up and gets it. And you go, well, he's only, he's not that tall, but it just it just it makes it seem like he's six foot three, and he would put the ball into just these perfect spots where it's only his guy and the threat of a five nine defensive back uh, like Tremaine Washington just just wasn't there, and you go. That's that's a guy taking care of his uh, taking care of his receivers and his accuracy was on point. When when you saw him in the pocket, you go, mm, it's not really bouncing on the front of that foot like he he has been. Like you mentioned the the scramble, and I don't I don't suspect we're seeing any sixty yard uh, quarterback sneaks going this week. But man, uh, the arms there. So if you know Joel Figueroa and company can buy him enough time, he's going to be a real threat. On just will it be on? the rollout double move, you know, to the field side, that'll, if that's not there, he's obviously less than, than what he can be, but oh boy, he was, he was on point against the Stampeders are a good defense and he was on point against them. And he's had a week more to get healthy. So we'll see how the, how the foot goes in the game tomorrow. Uh, okay. I'm assuming you're picking the bombers. Uh, most people are picking the bombers. I think in this game, uh, what's your pick in the East? Uh, I've been on Montreal for a few weeks now. I really, I really like what Montreal has put together, and I, I don't know what Toronto is. Uh, like they, they, their front is fantastic. You know, Jamal Peters six interceptions. Okay, I like, I like some of that. I like some of what's going on in the linebacking core. Their offense, I just kind of don't know what it is though. Like Curly Gittens, Gittens Bittens, as I like to call him, fantastic season. Uh, I, I, apart from that, like Devaris Daniels, I, what's he been this season besides up and down and the one game where he could not see deep balls because uh, I, don't, I don't know why, uh, 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 AJ Willette at running back. Okay. I like that he runs hard, but can you count on that for 150 yards? No, but there's some value there. I just don't know what Toronto is and I don't know how they're going to react in a second straight East final when they dumped one at home last year. Montreal, I know, is a team that can absolutely torment quarterbacks, even just rushing four, because they might have the best rotation of defensive ends in the Canadian Football League. They are awesome at that. They can cover. They got two interceptions from Mike Jones, perhaps the least heralded member of that defensive backfield last week. And Trevor Harris for Trevor Harris is going to take crap for his entire CFL career. I guarantee it. But He's he's good enough, right? I talked about Dane Evans having a low floor. To me, Trevor Harris is a guy who has a high floor. His ceiling isn't as high as some other quarterbacks. Like his his top end performances require a lot of work from his teammates. Uh, like in that East, what was that East semi a few years back, where six touchdowns, but eighty five percent of the yards came after the catch. Right? You need a lot of help from your friends. 
but he, he's not going to, in my mind, make the huge mistakes that cause problems. So I, I, I've just been on Montreal. I know it's in Toronto, but I know Toronto was vulnerable at home. And these two teams, when they played games that they mattered, they're both one-point games. So no reason to me that Montreal can't advance to the Grey Cup and get a first-time matchup in the Grey Cup against the Bombers. Agree with all of that. Uh, I'm not so much calling Winnipeg to or uh, Montreal to win. I'm more calling Toronto to lose in the Eastern Final. <laughs> uh, we'll see. We'll see how it plays out tomorrow. Uh, Derek Taylor from CGOB. Thanks for your time and have a great call tomorrow in the West Final between the uh, the Bombers and the BC Lions. Enjoy it. Thank you, brother. When we come back, Taylor Cornelius. This is the Elks this week on 6:30. Chad. More football talk on the Elks this week. Here's Morley Scott on the voice of the Edmonton Elks, 630 Chad. Since the season ended for the Elks, the team has released a couple of episodes of their podcast, Antler Up. One featured quarterback, Taylor Cornelius. I talked to him about his new contract extension and staying patient through this rebuild. We knew it wasn't going to happen overnight to build this thing to where we want it, but you know we feel like we're in a much better situation right now than what we were, you know, starting the year. And you know, there's been a lot less roster turnover. And you know, I feel like the group of guys we have here is something that we can build on. Uh, you're the underdog no more uh, with uh, <laughs> with this organization. Um, the two-year contract extension, which you which you got earlier this season, how important was it to you to get a commitment and to commit to this organization? Yeah, it was huge. Uh, just to see, you know how things can change so quickly um and that you know jones talked to me a few weeks before you know that got the contract offer and you know he said that you know we want you here and uh you know waited a couple of weeks and ended up you know finally getting some you know contract talks between my agent and chris jones and, and g roy and then i left it up to them to you know figure out the numbers system and stuff like that but you know i'm happy to be here and, and i wouldn't want to be anywhere else are you a call me when it's done kind of guy or were <laughs> you saying what's the latest offer what's going on a lot yeah he, my agent was sending me the offers uh that they sent but you know it, it wasn't really too much back and forth we felt like you know where they were was at a good spot and we just wanted a few different things in there you know um but that was all you know my agent doing i didn't know you know too much about that you've uh, you come a long way this year from from where you started how difficult <laughs> were the first five games of the, i think it was five games this season that you you didn't yeah. dress to start the year after obviously being the starter down the stretch last year mm-hmm. how difficult was it for you yeah uh you know it just going back to my past it wasn't like anything else i'd you know done before so I had been in that situation I knew just you know keep my head down and keep working and, and doing all the things right uh, to put myself in a situation uh, to be successful when my name was you know called upon and you know I felt like you know going into that Montreal week uh, you know I, I had done all the things right that I needed to do and I guess it's 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 okay to have that mindset and everything, but you still got to go out and do it. How satisfied <laughs> and proud of yourself, really, were you when you you got the win in Montreal in dramatic fashion, too? Yeah, that was that was a fun one. Um, you know, uh, being able to to beat those guys on the road um, on a short week, uh, and you know, some of the guys is making you know plays down the stretch for me Kenny it was a, a huge part of that getting that touchdown late uh, and then some of his catches you know to try and run out the clock there at the end was, was awesome 
That's Elks quarterback Taylor Cornelius on Antler Up. You can get Antler Up wherever you download your favorite podcast. You can also watch the podcast through the Elks YouTube page. My thanks today to our guest, Derek Taylor of CJOB. By the way, you can hear his call of tomorrow's West Final from Winnipeg on the Radio Player Canada app. Lions at Bombers, Alouettes at the Argos tomorrow. The two winners will meet in the Grey Cup. We'll break it all down on next week's show when we talk with Elks defensive back Aaron Grimes, who will be in Regina for the Grey Cup game. I'm Morley Scott. Thanks for joining me on the Elks This Week on the voice of the Edmonton Elks, 630 Chet.